is what they want. They want to to know everything we, we are doing and control our mind. And uh, and you also hear Klaus Schwab and that I forgot his name, the Israeli guy with glasses and bald head. They are they are literally talking about how they can control what we are thinking within a few years. Now in the past, many tyrants and governments wanted to do it, but nobody understood biology well enough. And nobody had enough computing power and data to hack millions of people. Neither the Gestapo nor the KGB could do it. But soon, at least some corporations and governments will be able to systematically hack all the people. Data might enable human elites to do something even more radical than just build digital dictatorships. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. Free will, that's over. Carbon 60, or C60, first gained notoriety back in 2012 from a study that increased the lifespan of rats by a whopping 90%. Since that breakthrough study, scientists have conducted thousands of studies showing C60 not only has a very real potential extending lifespan, but also has been shown to be better than any other substance ever studied to reduce inflammation, eliminate free radicals, provide powerful antioxidants, and more. After the famous rat study, scientists at Live Longer Labs realized a human, not industrial, formula needed to be made. That's when they set out to be the first lab in the world to focus on what is best for human consumption of C60. This led Live Longer Labs to pioneer a high-quality, 99.9% .9 pure C60 refined without solvents in oils that work best for humans, and that is black seed oil. Look it up yourself. Black seed oil has been known as a universal healer for millennia, and more modern studies confirmed its benefits as a potent antioxidant and for anti-inflammation. Simply, it's not like other oils. It's better. To try this amazing product, go to sarahwestel.com under shop. Remember, members of Ebeneer save 10%, and all listeners can save 5% using the coupon found at sarahwestel.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Mods Palsvig coming to the program. He is a freedom fighter from Denmark, but he's more than that. He's one of the founding members of the World Freedom Alliance, but he's more than that too. His efforts are very instrumental in getting the vaccine mandates, mandates removed in Denmark. And people may remember Denmark was one of the first in the world, if not the first Western country in the world to remove the mandates. And he created his own party called JFK21, which will be fielding candidates in the next Danish elections. And he's, his background is, is really great for being a person to do this because he was a successful investment banker. He has uh, degrees in both finance and legal. And he worked in London and in Hong Kong at different financial institutions. So he knows how they work. He traded in government silver and bonds. And when the financial crisis happened, he just was asking too many questions and he was not on board with them. So he parted ways and he's been fighting it ever since. He has some ideas and solutions and how the world can be more prosperous, how everyone's, there's so much abundance and everyone's boat can rise. But we are going to be talking about the World Economic Forum and what their plans are and the scary goals that they have to manipulate and control everything that we do. 
I played Dr. Noah Harari, who is a top advisor to Klaus Schwab in my introduction. And Klaus Schwab talks about this too. I mean, these guys are nuts. They're openly talking about controlling us. And I've talked about this a lot in the show, how you can use frequency to control our thoughts. You can, you know, do mind control, but they're openly talking about it. They said they would have this technology in a few years and they started talking. They were saying that a few years ago. So you wonder what this graphene oxide and everything is in these vaccines. And it's not just vaccines. It's everything. It's Wi-Fi. They can do it with so many other things, with so much of our technology. They can already do it. And they they can use microwave weapons. They can use everything that's already in place, they can use to control our minds. And they talk about just taking away people's free will. And this is what the Stasis and the any dictatorship would have wanted in the past, but they just didn't have the technology to do it. Now the world elites have this technology. That's how they're actually talking. So me and Mods talk about this and how critical it is for people to understand really what these these insane people have up their sleeves. One thing he mentioned and brought up during the show is if we push back as a collective, there's so many people in their system that don't want it either that they will help us. And I said that too. People in the system need to be cogs messing up everything. But if we give them help, our help, to mess them up, they will stand up and help. They just need some support from us. And the more we can do to support them, the better. And that means we do pro- really peaceful, but we should be out in the millions protesting. We need to mess up and count, push back against all of this. It's very critical that we do it. Anyways, before you get into this, I want to remind you, go to my website, sign up for my newsletter. It's really growing. I'm really happy. My website is really growing. My articles are really growing. And uh, I'm, I'm really getting out that way because I'm so censored. I don't know how else to get out. And so it's really nice that my website's really growing. I have a lot of important information up on there for people to read. And before we get into this conversation, when you see him with his glasses on, he's not doing it to be cool. He's doing it or to hide or anything. If you see him in other interviews, he doesn't have his glasses on. He's doing it because he has a, um infection in his eye. So he, he needs to have the glasses on. So give him a little bit of grace for that. And this is a two-parter. It's long, so look for part two as well. So let's get into the show with Mods Palvik. Mods, thank you so much for rejoining the program. Thank you, Sarah. I'm glad to be back. And your glasses, it's not just to be cool, right? You have an, an eye infection. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> well, you do look cool, so that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, thank you. Okay, well, you are doing amazing things when it comes to the monetary system. Can you talk about the role that you're playing in educating people and making changes? And then just give a brief background of, because you have some really incredible background as well that suits you for this position. Yeah, I'm, I'm a former investment banker. Uh, so I used to work for some of the largest investment banks in the world, like Credit Suisse and Morgan Stanley. And um, then it uh, quite early in my career, because my job was to make money, it dawned on me that if I made investments after what is worst, the worst uh, solution that the central bankers can do for each country, I would make more money for my employer than if I was if I was investing after. Okay, so what would a really good um, central banker and what would the IMF do if they really wanted to help nations? 
And if I invested after that, I would lose money. So I, I learned the hard way that it seems as if it's um, basically uh, it's, it's geared towards looting country after country. And um, because helping the people is it, it? Let me get this. Let me say it succinctly, I think, because helping the people essentially takes money away from the very wealthy and gives it to the people. But just and it only does it because it just naturally would start evening out the money naturally. Right. Because people would have more opportunity and money would just start to equal. All boats would rise, essentially, and if in a free market. So what is that I, what correct? Come to, so well, well, basically, what I've come to conclude is that it's not a, a zero-sum game. Um, the world is is really truly abundant, and 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 one of the biggest scams that we have in this world is that um, uh, that 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 the media and the educational system is trying to convince people that it is. Um, that it is a, a zero-sum game, and if if someone gets richer, someone else has to pay. You know the whole story about, uh, you, you know, you can't spend money you don't have and all that stuff. Well, actually, we can create money uh, out of thin air, and that is that is something that is we have a chance of a lifetime now for people to understand this. Thanks to the corona, we didn't get a lot of good things out of that, but we got one thing uh, that that. How can how can every nation spend thirty to forty percent of GDP on vaccines and tests and mask exactly. mandates, closing down small businesses, and everything, everything, everything works? You know, you say in Denmark we sent back we sent back home the entire public sector, and the whole society worked. Uh, no, nobody was working. We still had food in the shops. What's going on? So the world is truly abundant. It's very wealthy. What is going on is that um, there are there are people who are trying to hide this fact from everybody, and so one of the that when I started my political party in, in 2016, I wanted to talk about money creation and how how that should benefit everybody and not just the owners of the central banks. They they like to say that we have national banks, as in as in in the old days when we had kings who were producing coins. And then we had our first national banks printing notes. And uh, now we don't have that. We have privately owned banks producing money left, right, and center, however often they want. Well, they claim it's they claim it's owned by the governments, but they're private. And that's what people just really need. It's they're owned by now they they do word games to make it seem like it's government owned, but it's not. That's right. They call it Federal Reserve. And it's not federal, and it doesn't have any reserves. <laughs> so it's they're, they're really truly lying all uh, everywhere. And now I made that comment that you know they think now is it more that they think that the money will be taken away from them and given to others, versus it just because we have abundance, so they would still have a ton of money. They just wouldn't have all of it, and they wouldn't be able to have that complete control. And that's what they're worried about, right? Because a free market. And not free market the way the Republicans say, because all the Republicans, most of them, not all of them, the the rhinos are are wanting a free market because they want to, they they want to keep fascism in place, meaning government's collusion with business, and say they should be free to do that. That's not a free market, um, but a true free market where nobody's taking advantage of others and there isn't monopolies and all these other things, 
that would even out the money naturally, but everybody would have an abundance, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I have been, I was a government bond trader. So I w I'm used to, just like an equity trader used, is used to looking on, 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 on accounting for various corporations, I'm used to lo looking at accounting for governments. And there is a, it's, it's so easy to create abundance and a more equitable society. Basically, what, what they are afraid of is that we find out how, they, how a lot of the, the wealthy people have made their money. And, um, and a lot of the, the people who are making money right now, we can see that they're making money on these vaccines that are very dangerous to people. And before that, we saw, like, for example, Obama, who doubled uh, the money creation from uh, the monetary base in the United States from 10, billion, 10 trillion uh, U.S. dollars to 20 trillion. So basically, um, they, they increased the, the, the money supply with around 30,000 U.S. dollars per capita. So, so uh, you know, a, a, a family of four could have had more than $100,000 paid into their account. Instead, the money creation was spent on bombing Iraq and other countries in the Middle East from this uh, piece in the Nobel Prize winning uh, president. And, 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 and so that way they made money. They made money selling the weapons and the bombs to, to, um, to the American people who printed US dollars to pay for this. And this is uh, their birthright. This is basically the money creation, this money that, that, that the American people own. They could have paid it to themselves. Instead, they paid it to some, um, some weapons manufacturers. And they then spent that money to, to go and bomb poor nations and then steal their uh, natural resources. So they even made more money on that as well. So it's a very, very evil system we are up against here. The thing is, is that the American people are sold a bill of goods because they're told that they're benefiting from this, but all they are is stealing from us. Yes, that, that's right. Um, and, and I really hope now that once we, we've had the, the financial crisis in 2008, where they bailed out the banks instead of bailing out the people, and then we had all the wars, where, where did that money come from? How could they, how, 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 can, how can they not pay, pay for, uh, repair a pothole in the road or, or good schools yep. for the kids, but they can afford to, to, to spend how many trillions they, they need uh, on bombing other nations? People are beginning to think, and now with the corona, how can you send back home almost every single uh, per person working in the public sector, close down all the small businesses, and then, and then still we have food on the table? What is going on? And I think we now have a chance for, for people to understand how important it is who is creating the money. Well, it's like they're hiding treatments and protocols, but yet pushing a vaccine that doesn't work. So it, it it's it's like the incentives are all wrong. So these people who are behind the vaccine are making a killing with immunity, but these cheap, ineffect, you know, efficient um, protocols that would save lives and we wouldn't even need a vaccine um, are being dismissed. And it, that would keep that would keep people alive and keep money in people's pockets, and more people would flourish. Instead, they're taking money from people and giving it to this big pharma cartel. And people yeah. are dying in the process. Yes, and I, I think that what is very important now that uh, that you know I have been working with with money and and banking and so on. I think it's important to emphasize that it's very clear that this is, of course, a a health uh, pandemic, and uh, and 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 there is this theme to this um, 
corona situation, but it's also an economic uh, situation. So that it is, a, they they have there are three levels here. It's the it's the of course selling of the vaccines, getting access to the human uh, human body is very important. That's a, a way to control people. If you know that someone can actually inject you with whatever poison they want, that is quite scary. And uh, you are truly a slave if you allow anyone to to have that power over your body. But then it's also an economic uh, system. They want to create a new uh, currency and uh, a new, they call it the Great Reset. And we can see that already now with the Canadian truckers and anybody who's supporting them. What happens to you if you are just buying food for people who are against the government and what the government is doing? They, they simply close your bank account. Yeah, that's this just is crazy. A, a, this is a little snippet of what they have in store for all of us. Well, let's talk about their end game a little bit, and then we can show a little bit more what we're seeing. You know, I've been covering the Great Reset from the beginning, although with the coronavirus and the genocide that's happening right now, you kind of shift. It's so hard because there's so many priorities, but they're doing that in purpose. They're making a very chaotic environment while they're doing something that's bigger behind the scenes, correct? And what is that bigger and what is this end game? So I, I, I don't want to sound too apocalyptic, but it is really, really apocalyptic. So what we have to look at, I think we have to look at what they're saying and what these people have done in the past. Yep. And I think that it's very, there's a very clear red uh, thread here that, that they, have, they, they always say in advance, what they're going to do, and then they do it. Yep. And I remember Rockefeller, he once said, uh, directly asked about uh, China, and he said that it, it was a very successful experiment. So he, they, they, they clearly, the banksters clearly admit that they were behind this um, the Mao Zedong. I mean, the Mao's communists, they lost, <laughs> they lost the war. They, they, it was just that Chiang Kai-shek didn't get all the money. That's a totally different story, but, but basically, um, all wars, all the revolutions have they have been um, arranged by uh, the international bankers who are now controlling the World Economic Forum, the IMF, the WHO, United Nations. All these uh, international, not publicly elected, very often either privately owned directly or indirectly privately controlled by donations. These institutions. They have an end game, and and I and I'm very convinced that what they have done. So China, Cambodia, and uh, and and Soviet Union, they were experiments for what they really want, and they want it global. This is what they want. They don't want a nice Christian society with a Scandinavian welfare state where everybody has enough and nobody has too much, and everybody is happy and quality of life and Christian values and so on. That's not what they want. They don't want that. They, That's what they sell. Exactly. They always say something and they do the opposite. They, 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 do, they do a lot of magic, like look over yeah. here, don't look over here. They do all these, uh, these tricks. But I, So I think the end game is very dystopian. If there has been one time in history where it's, it's important to fight, it's right now. Because World War I and World War II, you could always, if you wanted to, you could flee to a different country if you had the means to do that, of course. But this time, there's no way to, nowhere to escape. This is it. This is the big one. Uh, I don't like hearing that, but it's true. And I know you're right, because I always say if we don't fight now, what do we have left to fight for? 
But these guys are, are nuts, and that's what we're, we're fighting psychopaths. But when it comes to China, I, I, they like China because they're, um, they're, they behave, right? I mean, they have the mindset to follow and to take orders and to be passive, submissive. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, it's, uh, it's social engineering. And uh, I mean, you know, uh, after, after, uh, after several generations of social engineering, I'm actually quite convinced that a lot of the Chinese, when you speak with them, uh, that a lot of them, I'm not saying all of them, and, I, and I, I'm not in the heads of the Chinese people, so I, it's, I'm not even at sure. liberty to say that, but I believe a lot of them actually like that system. They really do. At least that's, that's what they say. But it's also a little bit like when you when, when, when people uh, are told to, to wear a mask, for certainly in my country, if you asked anybody in Denmark two and a half years ago, would you ever wear a mask? There would be no way, 99.9% .9 would say, no way over my dead body would, would I wear a mask. Next thing you know it, uh, six months later, uh, literally at least 90% of the population are walking around wearing a mask. Yeah, and that is one of the reasons is that once you, you do it, it, it's they said two weeks to flatten the curve and then it's two years later and they, they, they are still trying to flatten that curve, apparently. Um, and, and the problem is with the brain, the way the brain works is that um, once you've done something for a couple of, of, of weeks, that is not very nice to you. Not, not, it's not nice to your your self-esteem and your self-confidence. And it's certainly not nice for, to, for your health either. The, the brain starts to explain um, you start to come excuses. Yeah, well, I might save someone's life if I'm wearing the mask. So then it's okay. And also your body's you signals. You adapt, basically. And that's not, not only mentally, but also physiologically. So the first two weeks, your body tells you, this is really, I'm really uncomfortable. You should really take off this mask. I'm not getting enough oxygen. So everybody is feeling suffocated and very unwell. But after two weeks, the body resigns and says, okay, this is the new conditions for my life. So I'm not going to bother my host with telling telling uh, him or her that it's very uncomfortable. I should take the mask off because he, and he or she is clearly not listening. So now I'll try to make it as nice as possible and, and I'll shut down uh, the least damaging part of uh, the host body and stuff like that. So it works in both ways. And I think that the Chinese are a little bit like that. They have been so conditioned to it and they've got so used to it and they're trying to explain why it's not too bad and there's something good in that because it's just too horrible uh, to feel uh, that you can't do anything but we in the west we can do something now the canadian truckers are showing leading the way we have to we have to start more civil disobedience i think well you know i was in china before it was shut down we were supposedly the last tourists that left china before they shut the country down for COVID. And when I was there and we we're touring through the country, what we noticed, and my husband says this too, is that there was almost a, the people were very nice, but there was almost like a death, like they were almost kind of dead inside, or there was something different, a fear or something. It's not the vibrance that you would see in the United States or a free country. It's different. Not that they weren't beautiful people, because they were, but they didn't have that vibrance that we have here when you're free. It was different. It was noticeable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I lived in Hong Kong for a year and a half, and uh, we really loved living out there. The, the quality of life was great, and uh, the service was enormous, and people were really, really friendly. 
and, and, and helpful. But uh, just one example, I met some young Danish uh, law students out there. They, they went out there for six months to study law in Hong Kong um, and in an exchange program. And the first week when they arrived, the Chinese students were told not to talk to the foreigners for the in the first week. And that's normally the first the, the, the week where you would make introductions so that people would get to know each other. But literally, the Chinese authorities were trying to make that not happen, which is very weird, very, very weird. Well, I think they didn't want them to learn our ways, right? They didn't want them to think differently. It's a very yeah. tight control over thought, right? Yes, and that's right. what they're trying to do now to us. And it's, it's very offensive when they're trying to control our thoughts because that's the one thing that we have, we feel that that's a God-given right. Our own thoughts was given to us by God and you're trying to take that away, playing God. You're, you, who the hell are you? You know, that's, that's what all of us should stay. You know, it feels wrong. It feels wrong in our gut because it is wrong. And that's why we have to stand up for it. Uh, if you can't, if you don't have the right to think and they control your free will and manipulate you like that, they break you like they would break a horse. They've broken the Chinese people. They're trying to break us. And that is slavery. That's what they're trying to do. A slave, a lot of them, this is what uh, Harriet Tubman said. She said that she wasn't able to, slave as, or to save as many slaves as she wanted because a lot of them didn't realize they were slaves. Can you imagine? Yeah. They were living yes, like I, they were and they didn't even realize they were slaves. That's right. Yeah. People will, they, 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 they want to try to survive and, and, a lot of them, their survival instinct is to f follow the the, the the strongest, whoever they believe is going to win. Yes. And, okay, so we have a situation where we're going to lose. Okay, if we follow who is going to win, we're going to lose. We're going to lose. Right. The only way that we can win is to fight it. Okay, That's so right. their end game is worse than we can imagine, right? Because they really see us as the herd, to be managed and they want to figure out how to manage us with frequency control our mind make sure we're obedient and do what they need us to do they really are that evil aren't they yes that's right i mean it's like and they've already shown us because in eastern germany i think it was something like 20 percent of the population that was stasi agents in some some way uh, shape or form and now they're there of course if they can do that with uh, with the computers and stuff uh, and surveillance instead, that then that is what they want. They want to to know everything we, we are doing and control our mind. And uh, and you also hear Klaus Schwab and that I forgot his name, the Israeli guy with glasses and bald head. They are they are literally talking about how they can control what we are thinking within a few years. They are talking about that openly now. Wow, because yes. I know the science is there and I've covered it and I did some shows on mind control and little mini documentary, but. The fact that they're coming out openly and talking about it is a holy crap moment for me because, yeah. you know, that's incredible. When they start doing that, I, it's amazing that they come out and just say stuff. I mean, how come they're so able to be this arrogant and this public about it? I mean, it's, it's, is it just their insanity on display? I mean, I, it's incredible. I, I think, I think it's a, part of the reason is that it's a, it's a spiritual war and, uh, 
and 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 they want to mock God uh, and 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 say to to they 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 want to prove that we are not created in God's image. They want to prove that we are full of demons and that. So that's why it's very important to them that that we allow our children to be poked in the nose with ethylene oxide and uh, and with stick with ethylene oxide on, on it. We uh, that we allow. Uh, the in multinational corporations access to our body to inject us with whatever poison and nanobots, parasites, whatever it is, and that that we do it voluntarily. Even you you heard the, uh, that was a, a minister in Australia now when they talked about uh, paying damages to uh, victims of uh, of this these uh, vaccinations. He said, no, no, but it was voluntarily. We don't pay anything. People are responsible for what they allow being injected into their body. So this is why they, after they, they locked down the country, game. They, 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 they told them they would be fired if they didn't get vaccinated. Exactly. They even rounded off the aboriginals and put them in camps. And now they're saying it was voluntarily. I mean, the chutzpah on these uh, politicians is incredible. And I, I found the name of... It's mental games for themselves, though, because it's very obvious it wasn't volunteering. And so they have this religion that people have to make the decisions on on their own, but they're not. You're you're coercing them and you're forcing them and you're doing playing all these games. And children for sure aren't making decisions on their own. So to have some, if they really think that people are doing it on their own, well, they I guess their parents are. So maybe that nobody's touching my babies. My babies are adults, but nobody's touching my freaking babies. <laughs> that's the spirit, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I found the name of the Israeli. His name is uh, Dr. Yuval Noah Harari. And he explains, uh, I can send the video to you a little bit later uh, after the show here, uh, transhumanism. He explains in five minutes the Great Reset, how they, how, and it's him and, and Klaus Schwab. He sent me that and I'll play it right here if it's only five minutes. Okay, we'll do it. <laughs> now in the past, many tyrants and governments wanted to do it but nobody understood biology well enough, and nobody had enough computing power and data to hack millions of people. Neither the Gestapo nor the KGB could do it. But soon, at least some corporations and governments will be able to systematically hack all the people. We humans should get used to the idea that we are no longer mysterious souls. We are now hackable animals. Data might enable human elites to do something even more radical than just build digital dictatorships. By hacking organisms, elites may gain the power to re-engineer the future of life itself. Because once you can hack something, you can usually also engineer it. And if indeed, we succeed in hacking and engineering life, this will be not just the greatest revolution in the history of humanity, this will be the greatest revolution in biology since the very beginning of life four billion years ago. For four billion years, nothing fundamental changed in the basic rules of the game of life. All of life, for four billion years, dinosaurs, amoebas, tomatoes, humans, all of life was subject to the laws of natural selection and to the laws of organic biochemistry. 
But this is now about to change. Science is replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds, the IBM cloud, the Microsoft cloud, these are the new driving forces of evolution. And at the same time, science may enable life after being confined to, for four billion years to the limited realm of organic compounds, science may enab enable life to break out into the inorganic realm. So after four billion years of organic life shaped by natural selection, we are entering the era of inorganic life shaped by intelligent design. So does the data about my DNA, my brain, my body, my life, does it belong to me or to some corporation or to the government or perhaps to the human collective? Humans are now hackable animals. You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. Free will, that's over. That's over. Over. Today, we have the technology to hack human beings on a massive scale. Yeah, I mean, everything is being digitalized. Everything is being monitored. In this time of crisis, you have to follow science. It's often said that you should never allow a good crisis to go to waste because a crisis is an opportunity to also do re good reforms that in normal times people will never agree to. But in a crisis, you see, we have no chance. So, 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 so let's do it. Vaccine won't help us go the to the test, of course. The vaccine will help <laughs> us, of course. It will make things, you know, m more manageable. Surveillance, people could look back in 100 years and identify the coronavirus epidemic as the moment when a new regime of surveillance took over, especially surveillance under the skin, which I think is maybe the most important development of the 21st century, is this ability to hack human beings, to go under the skin, collect biometric data, analyze it, and understand people better than they understand themselves. This, I believe, is maybe the most important event of the 21st century. One of the features of this fourth industrial revolution is that it doesn't change what we are doing, but it changes us. The difference of this fourth uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you. If you take a genetic editing, right. uh, just as an example, it's you who exactly. are changed. Yeah. And, of yeah. course, this has a big impact yeah. on your identity. Yeah. And offers certain kinds of possibilities that have to be careful about. You know, yeah. when you began to... When you began to do that kind of gene editing, some people worry that you are changing what it means to be human. That's the problem. And, yeah. uh, it, uh, of course, the new uh, Industrial Revolution offers us many opportunities, but it raises many fold questions on the ethical, but even legal, uh, implications. 
and we have to be prepared for it. And that's what we want to do in Davos next year. Talk about technology and how the ways it can be deployed, uh, you know, that contribute to growth rather than exacerbate unemployment. How will that implement itself? It's a big question mark because uh, there is a fear that uh, technology, robots, uh, just to take yeah. one yeah. You gain element. productivity from machines. Exactly. And it replaces maybe um, the workforce or jobs faster than we can replace them with the new jobs. Uh, not everybody can be a robot polisher and so yes. on. So yes. there will be new jobs. This is amazing. I mean, this is what we've been talking about for the last few years. They are creating complete chaos. They're distracting people big time with what they're doing now. But this is going on full steam ahead in the background. And we, what can we do? Because most people don't have a clue what to do. I mean, I don't know, really know what to do other than get information out to people who also don't know what to do. So all we're, I'm doing is giving information to a bunch of people who don't know what to do. Uh, the one thing I do tell people, people who are still in these organizations, please be a cog and screw up everything you can so that their plans are messed up in every direction. I mean, that's something that people can do. Yes, and I, th I think we see, a, see exactly that, a lot of that. We see a lot of people within the system who are helping us. I mean, it's like they, they, the smallest excuse we give them to do the right thing, they'll do it. So that's why the, the dem demonstrations, even small demonstrations, are actually uh, quite effective in uh, making these um, lockdown and all the measures less uh, severe. Um, so... So I think that is uh, that is very important that we, we, we do a lot of, of, of civil disobedience. I think that's important. Help and them help us. Exactly, because, of course, most people working in the health system, they want to help people, their friends, their family, to be healthy, their, yes. their, their fellow uh, human beings in their nation. So they want it. Just like the police, they know that uh, they're in, a, in, a, in, a, in some kind of a um, difficult situation because... They, they, most of them, they know that yeah. yep. that they should be against the demonstrators. On the other hand, they agree with the demonstrators. I mean, I meet the police on my demonstrations, and they come with a big smile on their lips. They want to talk to me. They're really, really friendly, and uh, so I, I feel very uh, secure. And, uh, and I think that's thanks to thanks to a lot of the the very good people in the system. So I, I definitely feel that. Um, also, some of the things you said about what we could do, I think we, should, we have to continue with truth bombs. No, I mean, we, we don't have any more time for, for coming up with breadcrumbs and letting people find out themselves. We have to be more brave. 